welcome to the latest episode of BAM Weekly. That's Boris and Matt Weekly, the show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment. And then at the end of the episode, we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment. We are hosts. I'm Boris. And as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. It's a rainy, kind of dreary day in Toronto. Uh, but, you know, the sports world is looking up. It's also kind of dreary and, and dreary and and just gross in the world of professional wrestling. We might skip sports entertainment on this episode entirely just because I don't want to talk about CM Punk well, again, you know? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, it, it's been a hell of a week. We'll get to it. We're going to talk some impact. I think that's the best way to put it, right? Like, I think this subject has been talked about more than enough. And then some. Every show last week has talked about it. We've talked about it. I've talked about it like a thousand times. So, yeah, let's, we're going to put it to bed. We're going to chat some impact. Uh, but uh, And then, you know, next week we're going to get to a regularly scheduled sports entertainment chit-chat. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. You know, it's, it's just been, you know, it, it, it's something that's, that's happened. Yeah, like when we have new information or if and when we have new takes, new jokes, if we have a way to talk about it in an entertaining way or something new comes out, we'll, we'll of course, cover it. But, yeah, we've we've talked that one to death. Put it to bed, as you say. But, man, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in sports. Baseball is changing. Football has restarted. And uh, most importantly, man, how are you? How are you doing this this fine day i'm doing well i'm doing swell uh it's gonna be a busy week man it's gonna be a busy week but i'm ready for it outside of that weekend was pretty good i think i don't even remember at this point that like as i'm talking (laughs) i'm trying to remember like what did i actually do this weekend i don't even remember a lot of prep for the week. Uh, this week, I have like uh, three presentations, three three-hour presentations to get through. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, my voice is going to be shot for sure by the end of the day. Yeah, no worries, man. It's we'll, we'll be shooting this shit like pals about sports. It's an easy convo to have. Yeah, we can't go too much into detail, but you're on the road again. You just can't wait to be on the road again. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it's remote Boris. But that's cool. I'll definitely drive the bus for NXT tomorrow, too, because we don't have UK to watch anymore. That's an hour less of notes I have to take. Yeah, it's it's so funny because like when I was like just doing some some quick prep for the week and I'm like, okay, on this day, I need to do this. I'm like, oh, yeah, no more NXT UK. I'm like, oh, because I was like fully prepared to watch it on the plane, like and everything. But that is not a thing anymore. Uh, kind of sucks, and it's it's like I think the reality actually hit me this weekend, where it's like, oh yeah, NXT UK is done, but that gives us an hour less of uh, something to watch, which uh, you know what isn't the worst thing considering how busy we are. Exactly right. Yeah, as much as I do love NXT UK, it was kind of slowing down over the past couple of months, anyway. So yeah, I'm okay to have another free hour of. Uh, human life to enjoy, you know. Uh, I also had a good weekend. Was trying to enjoy uh, my human life, and uh, yeah, there's gonna hopefully be some 
content on the YouTube page coming this week because I have a couple days off. So uh, we're going to get some YouTube content cranking out for SNME, maybe a, maybe a new TikTok or two. Today in WWE history, still going strong. Yesterday's video, September 11th, 1995, the first iteration, Boris, of the Monday Night Wars. That was pretty cool. Yep, yep. It's uh, crazy that we are, what, 27 years away or 27 years ago this happened. Like, man. You know, and, and it's something that we still talk about. Like every couple of years, it's a topic that completely gets refreshed. You know, we've heard it a thousand and one times, but it's still such an intriguing time in professional wrestling and probably something that we're never going to have again. Yeah, maybe not. Who knows? We I like arguably we had it with AEW and NXT, but we didn't. It was not the same. It was the RC Cola of the Cola Wars. You know what I mean? Like uh, that was not the same. But uh, yeah, man, I the the Monday Night Wars will be talked about forever. It's just the way it is. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, I think that uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy, but. Yeah, that, that's where we're at at this point. Um, but yeah, man, so much is changing, like you said. What a weekend. I know we're going to get into it all, but like, you know, I was able, I was busy. I was, I was, I was remote, but what, in, what a crazy week of football it was. Yeah, let's just start with the NFL week one. Some upsets, some awesome games. Uh capped off by an absolute stinker a terrible game on sunday night which kind of left a sour taste in the mouth but if you just pay attention to the thursday nighter and everything that happened before that excellent week of football so i don't know how do you want to proceed i don't think we should we go through every single game quick like no, we could we'll just like like we'll just shoot the shit like two buddies chatting right like you know so yeah off the top of my head thursday I was uh, out actually watching this game, and um, it was fun to see football back. Like this, it was there was like an excitement in the air with the NFL coming back this year, uh, you know. And and com- con- all things considered, right? Like I'm not gonna say things are fine, things are back to normal, but this is the first time in a few seasons that you didn't have like that cloud of of COVID over the, over over hanging over the NFL, right? Um, you know, reminder, it's still a thing, but, you know, it's 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 a thing that we're trying to, to quote-unquote, live with, whatever that means. So, it, there, it, it felt different, and if, if there was something to the season already, right, on Thursday, uh, the game that opened things up was the Bills versus the Rams, Rams being the defending, reigning, whatever, champions, uh, and yeah, that game, you know, a lot of excitement in in them here parts, and them here parts being Southern Ontario because of the builds. Uh, I don't know. What's your take? Yeah, man. Well, that's the thing. The Bills are favored to win the Super Bowl on paper. They are the best team coming into the NFL season, which I don't know if it's ever happened. Maybe not since like the early early nineties. But even then, there were the Niners and there were the Cowboys and all these teams lurking, right? So I don't know. I was three and two years old. I don't know if the Bills were ever the best team on paper, the team favored to win the Super Bowl. So couple that with, like you said, just kind of this being the first season that COVID's not really a factor. Yes, COVID still exists in the world, like you said, but 
the, the NFL is not paying attention to COVID at all. This is business as usual. This is the first football season where football feels like football since COVID happened. And uh, yeah, man. So starting with the Thursday nighter, the Bills looked great. They looked every bit like the best team in football. They handled the Super Bowl champions 31 to 10. And uh, the defense looks good. Josh Allen looks like he might be the MVP. Buffalo looks tasty right now. I can tell why Southern Ontario is pumped. Yeah, yeah. That, they looked good. That's that's for sure. You know, and, and it, you know, I think one thing for sure is that we need to Give it a couple weeks to see if that was like a fluke performance or what. Because the Rams, you just don't know what the Rams are going to be this year, right? Like, I'm sure they're going to be good, but, you know, it's only one game. So, got to be a little tranquilo. Exactly. It's a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. A little bit of the Rams are the inferior team. Straight up, Buffalo had a full offseason to prepare for the Super Bowl champions. They were hungry. They were coming out saying, we're here we're going to take over this year. We're the new dog. So I, I think the Rams will be fine long term, but Buffalo might just be better. You know, that might be what happened there. Yeah, that's very well could have been exactly what happened. Right. So I don't want to take anything away from Buffalo. And that's very rare of me. You know, you know, I'm in a good mood when I don't want to shit talk <laughs> Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills. But, yeah. you know, um, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see if the Bills are real in a few weeks. We'll definitely get to that point, I'm sure, in a couple of weeks where you are shit talking the Bills because they are real. Uh, the next most important game, I think, defending AFC champion Cincinnati losing a crazy game. Uh, in some ways, a classic, but very, very sloppy. Pittsburgh Steelers beat Cincinnati 23-20 in overtime. Uh, to me, the highlight of this game was Cincinnati scores to make it 20-20 with no time on the clock. And all they have to do is kick the extra point to win the game. And our boy, ex-Miami Dolphin, Minka uh, Fitzpatrick, with an absolutely incredible blocked kick to send this game into overtime, eventually win it for the Steelers. I think he also had an interception. He was wreaking havoc this entire game. After week one, Fitzpatrick, defensive MVP, defensive player of the year, clubhouse leader is Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. That was absolutely crazy. Like I was watched, like, got caught the end of that game, and it's funny because like the the TSN here in in Canada, uh, for lack of a better term, they're in Canada, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> they were already reporting that the Bengals won that game. Uh, you know, they they kind of went ahead of themselves, said, "Oh, Steelers lost." And then when they caught back from commercials, like, oh, by the way, that point after attempt didn't happen, didn't go That's, through. Uh, so that, that was, was like, hilarious. Yeah. Little faux pas there. Um, but it's crazy because that was not the only game where kicking was kind of the, the, the difference maker. I have a feeling that uh, on this mon- Monday morning, there's going to be a lot of kickers being the only first and last people left on that practice field, uh, (laughs) to say the least. Indianapolis had a chance to win the game. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, Indianapolis kicker, missed uh, a makeable field goal. That game was a tie. Indy-Houston, both 0-0 and 1. Yeah, some suspect kicking. The Browns seem to have landed on a nice kicker by the name of Cade York. He was the only kicker drafted, actually, in last year's NFL draft. Browns beat the Panthers on a last-second 
eight-yard field goal, ruining the Baker Mayfield revenge game. So there was some buzz about the Panthers maybe being good. I don't think the Panthers are very good. No, the Panthers are not good. They're literally not good. The only thing that they've added is Baker Mayfield, and he's not good. Like, there was a lot of controversy with what happened with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. We'll touch on that, I'm sure, at some point. But he lost the job for a reason. Yeah, there's one problem, Happy. You're not very good. It's yeah. that, that was the reason, right? So I took, yeah, to quote like, Happy Gilmore slash the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast, which always quotes Happy Gilmore. Anyway. Yeah, like he's not good, right? And I think people forget that. And, it, you know, what's overshadowed by him sucking is the fact that the Browns somehow got the worst human humanly possible as a quarterback. Yeah, Deshaun Watson is coming to Cleveland. That's that, that's a whole thing that's going to happen. We'll talk about that in week 12 when it actually occurs, though. Uh, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. Eat shit, Bill Belichick. Miami looking pretty good. The power run attack, the defense. Two, uh, I don't know if it's going to be two a time uh, in five years. I don't know if he's going to be the long-term answer for Miami. There was a couple. I saw, I saw one tweet, which was... Uh, Tyreek Hill has to intercept Tua's interceptions to get catches, and they showed a video of him like it's battling true. with a defender. So it's true. It's like Tua's not he's not a great quarterback. God bless him. In, in, in college he was, but he's banged up. He's playing in the pros with less physical gifts than he had five years ago. It's just I, I don't know. But I do like Miami's coaching. I like their roster, uh, except for Tyreek Hill, who can eat shit. I don't like him. But uh Man, like it, it, it's a it's a decent time to be a Miami Dolphins fan. They whipped the Patriots' ass. It was not close. Yeah, it wasn't close. But if you you know if you're watching the game like that, you know the, the the last quarter and a bit of the game, you know I'm not saying that the Patriots were were making a mounting a, a comeback. But if the Dolphins played like this throughout the entire game, they would not have won the game so easily as as they did. That's that's fair. That's fair. I, I was not watching the full game. I was mostly on the old NFL red zone flipping around. Uh, there was a game in a monsoon torrential downpour. The 49ers lose to the Bears. I, I'm seeing a lot of people panicking about the 49ers. I'm not worried about the 49ers. For one, they have two good quarterbacks. I still trust Trey Lance. But if Trey Lance sucks, they still have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's led them to the Super Bowl before. So not worried there. Also, they were missing George Kittle, who is top three tight end, one of the absolute best and most impactful players at that position. And during this game, they lost Elijah Mitchell, who is their starting running back, who is dope. And he was having a good game. And it was a, a run-heavy game. It was in the pouring rain. I don't know if you saw any uh, pictures or videos from Chicago uh, yesterday, but it was it was crazy. It looked like a tropical forest storm kind of thing. No, oh, I completely missed this game, but I did hear about it. But I I have yet to see any pictures or video. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really on social medias too much. So if I wasn't like flipping through the channels or watching uh, uh, the red zone, then I yeah didn't see it. But yeah, this is a game that I completely missed. Yeah, so I, I think just because of the weather, like the extreme weather conditions, I think you have to throw this one out and the injuries to San Francisco. I actually think if you still believe in the 49ers, now would be the time to bet them because they're never going to be 
uh, as poorly valued as they are right now. I am actually considering throwing down a little tenor, maybe a little fiver on the 49ers to win the NFC right now at this moment, because I think now is when you jump on them. Yep. Agreed. This is probably the best 49ers team on paper in a few years. And this is a team that just made the finals a few years ago. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And like their their defense is hitting their primes. Nick Bosa is so sick. Yeah, they're they're very good. Uh quickly, let's move on. Baltimore Ravens look awesome. They beat the Jets. Ex-Raven Joe Flacco. They handled him. Minnesota looks awesome. Justin Jefferson looks like the best receiver in football. They handled Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Giants eek by the Titans. Uh, what are you thinking about the four o'clock slated games here? I guess Ravens was one o'clock. Yeah, the Ravens was one o'clock. The four o'clock games, um, I think, which one was it? I believe it was, was it the Eagles? No, the Eagles was one o'clock. Yeah, there was uh, the four o'clock was Vikings beat Packers, Giants beat Titans, the Chargers beat the Raiders, and the Chiefs stomped the Cardinals. Yeah, the Chiefs is the game that I was catching he- like here and there. That was just a complete raffle stomp. Like there was there was <laughs> nothing there was nothing that Arizona had at all. Like it, it, yeah, Pat Mahomes just looked completely completely dominant in that game. Yeah, that was definitely a Kansas City raffle copter right there. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are right up there with Buffalo and arguably the Chargers right now as the three best teams in all of football. You'll notice all three of them are AFC teams. Two of them are in the same division. Yep, and somehow, somehow, my friend, the NFC is going to win the the championship this year. Oof, I don't know. I don't know who it would be like right now. The sexy pick looks like Minnesota because they pumped the Packers. They look really good offense and defense. But I'm telling you, man, don't give up on the 49ers yet. It was the worst possible scenario for them. Yeah, by far. 100 percent by far. Uh, um, you know who might come out of the NFC East uh, now that the Cowboys look like they're trash. Dak Prescott needs what is it? Back surgery. He needs oh, some kind of surgery. surgery. Hand surgery. Hand surgery. Does he also have a back injury and needs hand surgery? Well, how or could his back some, hurt? It's I, not I, like he. How could his back hurt? He's not carrying the franchise or anything. <laughs> it's, it's rude. Uh, but no, he is not. He is at the moment not. So yeah, I I don't know what Dak's long term future is, but the Cowboys are in some deep trouble. They might be making a, a phone call to San Francisco to try to steal Jimmy Garoppolo. Ask, yeah, I wouldn't actually. be surprised. Because uh, that might we uh, don't yeah. know how long Dax has gone for. Um, poor guy, though. Like, did you see the 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 video of the fans like completely tearing him apart as he's injured, leaving the the play yeah. area? The, the, like, Stay they're throwing classy. shit at him too. Stay classy, Dallas. Like, yeah, that that's rough. You hate to see it. If I'm Dak, I'm like, well, fucking fuck this place. I'm never coming back. I go full CM Punk, eating muffins, <laughs> talking shit about Jerry Jones, or I guess talking shit about the uh, offensive line while Jerry Jones just watches in quiet terror. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so it, it's funny because that division, the Cowboys, zero and one. Everybody else won. The Giants won. The Eagles beat the Lions and Boris, your boy Tony Khan loses. The Jaguars fall to the Washington Commanders, who quietly might be the best team. I do think it's the Eagles, but the the Commanders are all right, man. Their defense is fucking sick. I still think that in the grand scheme of things, that division is still the weakest division in all of football this year. Like, 
you know i i don't know yeah. what record is going to lead the the like the 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 conference or the division I, there i think the eagles are good i think the eagles will be like 11 and 6 and everyone else is like 8 and 9 9 and 8 yeah i don't know like the giants I, I, the giants I, I still, are okay i don't know about the eagles though man like on i don't know i really i don't trust them uh i mean i i, I understand that jalen hurts is not he's not Tom Brady in the pocket, but he's he's got something. They've got an offense figured out. He's an incredible runner, Jalen Hurts is, and I think I think Philly's going to be okay. I think they're like a, a solid ten and seven, eleven and sixteen. Yeah. All right. Before we finish with football, let's talk about the the snooze fest that was the Sunday nighter. Yeah, just a terrible game. Tom Brady looks great. Bet against him at your own peril. I bet on the Cowboys, so I was bitter just watching this game. They scored three points. Dak looked hurt. Everyone looked off. I thought CeeDee Lamb was going to have a good game. Thank God I didn't take him in fantasy because I'd be pissed having to hold on to him for the rest of the year. But yeah, CeeDee Lamb does not necessarily look like a number one receiver in football. Zeke looks washed. Cowboys are in deep trouble. They are looking like they're closer to a rebuild than the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's crazy like that I think that statement is 100% fact and it's crazy to think because like you know they were ready, like leaf fans right like ready to start the parade before the season even started yeah Maybe not this year, but definitely in the past four or five the Cowboys were one of those preseason favorites and it did not work out well and it seems like the window might be shut or at least rapidly closing. It's crazy how the Buccaneers just stay strong. Tom Brady stays strong. He just Julio Jones even looks revitalized. They have so many weapons. Brady has never had this many weapons on a team before, both offense and defense. The Buccaneers roster is, is nasty. So if Tom Brady stays healthy and keeps playing, it doesn't retire at week nine. The Bucs are a Super Bowl favorite. Maybe they're the team that comes out of the NFC again. The only thing that's going to stop Tom Brady from having a great season is his wife. <laughs> maybe maybe but they're living in separate houses now maybe maybe he's not even talking to her until you know they lose uh in the playoffs in january <laughs> exactly oh, but yeah week one like what a crazy week one it was a very fun week one like have you ever seen a noteworthy week one like this week it's a lot of, like it was a lot of fun. Like you said, it, a lot of storylines come, a lot of injuries, some really important injuries. We didn't mention TJ Watt for Pittsburgh out for season. That's devastating. Dak, like we said, for the Cowboys out for a long time. And just just Google the injury report. There's some devastating injuries. But first and foremost, the arguable one of the defensive player of the year candidates on the Steelers. Great defense. TJ Watt. Out for season, torn pack. So, yep, that torn pack that that's getting everyone nowadays. Oh my God, adrenaline in the soul of the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. So yeah, tonight we have the Monday Nighter, the Russell Wilson revenge game. Denver Broncos in Seattle to play the Seahawks. It'll be five fifteen local time, eight fifteen Eastern, and I think the Broncos are going to crush the Seahawks. The Seahawks are bad this year. Oh, they're horrible. They're absolutely horrible, and I love it. I love it because there, there is no coach <laughs> that I hate more than their coach and Carroll, and oh, they can just suck it. That's hilarious. Yeah, USC, not a fan of USC. Oh, I love boys? USC, but he's oh. he's the coach that I blame for all of their issues, uh, you know, with the whole tampering and, and all that fun stuff. 
Right. The the fall of the program. You're putting on Pete Carroll. Yep. Yep. I am. Oh 100%. God. All right. Before we finish and wrap stuff up, how's your fantasy team looking? Oh, man. Well, so it's funny. I uh, The SNME League, I might go 0 and 15. Like, my team is really bad in the SNME League. Thank God I have Saquon Barkley, who I bet high on. Uh, the team's not great otherwise. My other league that I've been in for years and years, I was worried about. I was more worried about that league because Alan Lazard and George Kittle, I had, they're injured. Uh, thank God Justin Jefferson saved me. So I'm one and one. I, I lost in the SNME league and I might go 0-14 in that league. I'm going to get destroyed in the Sunday night's main event fantasy league. Yeah, it's hilarious. All right. So from a season that just started to a season that's winding down, let's chat some MLB. There are some rule changes that we're going to address. But before we address those rule changes, Matt, it's a wild card season here in the MLB, and things are heating up. Yeah, the Jays among those things that are heating up slowly but surely, creeping up them standings, Boris. Yep, and somehow, somehow, how is it that on, what is it, September 12th, we can honestly have a real conversation, and I can honestly, without laughing, ask you, do you think there's a possibility that the Jays win the AL East. Oh, I mean, I would love to see that, but they're not too far off. That's the thing, right? It just seems, it seems crazier than it actually is. The Blue Jays only six games back right now. The New York Yankees, Tampa Bay in between five and a half games back of the Yankees. The Jays are creeping up. How many games do they have left against the Yankees? Do you know offhand? I don't know offhand. I don't know offhand, but okay. all I know is that this week we have five games in four days against the Rays. Oh, wow. Very important. See, if we can somehow win four of those five games or at least three of those five, that makes us that, that that's what we need right here. The Jays will make the playoffs either way. I don't think we need to, like, be shooting to win the division, you know, but it would be nice. It would be shocking if the Yankees fell out after that crushing lead that they had to start the season yeah exactly um it's crazy like how they've fallen and you know i, I was talking with uh you know the cran of snme on friday night about this jason agnew and it's like i want to face the yankees right now in the playoffs yeah start the start the tournament today and let's play them i, I agree yeah they're uh they're slumping man but I don't know. It's it, it's such a marathon. It's hard to say who will actually be left standing at the end of the season. It wouldn't shock me if it was the young, impudent Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, things are heating up. My Dodgers officially clinched for the 10th year in the playoffs. Crazy that they've already clinched. Yeah. That is a that is a power move right there. That's a, that is a dad dick move by the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> and they haven't whipped it out completely yet because they've only clinched the playoffs. <laughs> they haven't won the division true. just yet. Just the tip, just for a second, just to see how it feels. The Los Angeles Dodgers. That's their yeah. uh, 
That's their message for the season. Yep. So uh, moving on to baseball rule changes. Yeah, let's talk about the, the three rule changes that have happened. There's a lot of controversy around this. The players didn't like two of the changes. Uh, every And the third change was unanimously voted on. So let's talk about the controversy. Let's start with the pitch clock. All right, the goal yes. uh, with this is to cut out downtime. You know, especially when runners are on base. Um, you know, we've talked about this in the past. This has cut down the games about 20, an average of 26 minutes in AAA. Yeah, amazing. So the, the basic rules, uh, there so, will be a 30-second timer between batters, between pitches, 15-second timer with the bases empty, 20-second timer with any base occupied. Yep, yep. You know, overall... The spirit of this rule is fantastic, but I can see why some some players don't want this, right? Like thinking about their pitchers, thinking of how long you know it is between pitches for some guys. Man, like you know, thinking historically, a pitcher like a Hideo Nomo would not do well in this pitch clock. Um, you know, someone like the Blue Jays, Alec Manoa. Oh, he's just gonna kill it. You know, and then you have you know another historic pitcher like a, a Burley, um, you know whatever. But there are some pitchers who are going to struggle with this. And dare I say, you know that it might completely change the game for some pitchers. What what are your thoughts? I'm for it at the end of the day, right? Um, but I can see how some purists and 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 pitchers themselves aren't too keen on this. Yeah, I actually have a quote here from Charlie Blackman, Rockies outfielder. I'm actually very against how it's happening, he says. It helps left-handed hitters like me, but anytime you have the boss implement something against the will of the players, that's not good for the game of baseball. It could have been great if we could have arrived at a conclusion together with compromise. That would have been nice. So I think a lot of players are upset about that, maybe more than the rule change itself. The fact that such a drastic, dramatic change to the sport is kind of being thrust upon them. Here's the uh, thing, that is though, where a lot players, of it is coming from. Okay, sorry for, sorry for cutting out. No, the go players, ahead. Players, it makes me laugh because you literally had a lockout this offseason where you could have put your foot down knowing that this was on the table. It's an excellent point. If this, like, he can act like... It's kind. It's like oh, as if they're doing this without telling us. But it's like not shocking. This we all knew it was. We Boris and Matt talked about this on our podcast six months ago. You so know what I either, mean? Like this is not a surprise. <laughs> either we're clairvoyants and know what's coming up, <laughs> you know, and and we're gonna or play the lottery. <laughs> like it's you know, some, like, oh, the players sometimes the union like the players union sometimes just amazes me with the with the spin that they try to put on certain things and. You know, with between the the pitch clock and more so the shifting rules, in my opinion, oh man, they just they're they're making it sound like they ha- this is coming from dare I say, left field. Aha! Yeah, but it's not. It's absolutely not. We all knew these changes were coming, and the whole point of these changes is not to change baseball. It's to bring baseball back. It's to restore pace of play and singles like base hits. And like just actual baseball rather than swinging for the fences and striking out with every single at bat. So I like personally these changes a lot. Very, very excited to see them. 
Uh, and like you said, it's not going to really affect the Jays too much. Alec Manoa specifically, he rocks. He does this anyway on his own. The pitch, He won't even see the pitch clock. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's the pitch clock. Let's talk about the shifting rules. The shifting rules is a very controversial one. It is literally so, you know, just to summarize, you know, over the past, what, 10 years, we've been seeing the shifts happen. What the shift means is moving position players in the infield and the outfield to, you know, using analytics to better position yourselves against a certain batter. So sometimes we see extreme shifts, and the Jays, I think, are one of the teams that executes the shifts the most, um, where depending on who's batting, like they, they'll, you'll see extreme shifts, like you know, four outfielders or no one on the left side on the of the infield because this batter doesn't know how to hit properly, and that's it, to me the part that makes me laugh about this is like, okay. You're going to ban the shift because players in Little League don't learn how to hit. Dude, this is something I learned was how to control where you hit the ball. Like, the fundamentals of baseball are being lost on these players. And now I'm sounding like an old, grumpy CM Punk. Like, (laughs) these players just don't know how to play anymore. And it's the fundamentals that they're losing because this guy can, like, you know, can hit a bomb or something, right? Like, but it's crazy because between the hitting... And for me, the catching, the catching has been atrocious in baseball. Um, watching catchers set up hurts, hurts my soul. It hurts everything in me, um, you know, because you're seeing more pass balls because these catchers are literally on their knees half the time. So how are they going to stop a pass ball? Anyways, I'm going to stop that rant. That, that rant's going to be used for another day. But the shifting, like, whatever, learn how to hit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, that's fair, but I think like I think you're right, and we're losing the fundamentals, and that's why they have to legislate yeah, change that's to it. force fundamentals. <laughs> like yeah. that's 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 the sad part, right? Like that is a sad part. But at the end of the day, it is to make baseball more exciting. You know, you're finding players with a niche. You're finding players that can do whatever. So blah 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 blah. blah. It's for the better of the league. Sure. All right. Here's here's what's going on. Upon the release of each pitch, there must be a minimum of four defenders other than the batter with both feet within the outer boundary of the infield dirt. Upon release of the pitch, there must be two of the four infielders on each side of second base. The team must designate two infielders for each side of second base, and they cannot switch. For example, a team can have a stud defender move back and forth based upon the, uh, the, the hitter. So what they're saying is like, you know, a Chapman for the Jays can't move to second and the second base, uh, you know, whoever that is, Espinal or whomever can switch to third. Yeah, exactly. So if you could picture the infield, uh, all of the four players, third baseman, shortstop, second baseman and first baseman must stay in the dirt while the pitcher is pitching. And right now, that's not a thing. Players can go wherever they want, basically, outfield or infield, all willy-nilly. They can stack three players to one side. That's no longer allowed. So, yeah, that is, in a nutshell, the defensive shift rule. I love this change, too. The only thing it's going to do is lead to Joey Gallows of the world to hit 260 instead of 220. Maybe that's too aggressive, but, like, 240 instead of 220, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, that's the thing. So we'll see exactly what ends up happening with this one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. 
let's see. Let's see. Yeah. I'm for it. I like it. Whatever. To, like you said. To me, to me, honestly, those changes we all knew were coming. Those aren't that shocking. The shocking one is the third one. I heard no talk of this. And Bro, this is a drastic change out I of heard nowhere. There was talk about this during the lockout. Um, so essentially, the bases have been 15 inches square on each side for decades and decades and decades. They're going to be 18 inches on each side. Um, you know, there's a many reasons why they want to change. Among them is uh, players' feet are bigger now. Bigger feet. <laughs> Uh, so essentially, um, this increases, uh, you know, the, the the or decreases the possibility of an injury. But this also um, is going to be interesting to see what happens with first base and those 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 yeah. those, those cracker plays, right? Especially the bang bang double plays. I'm, I'm I'm interested to see the analytics and the numbers on how often they don't get the. the double play next season because of these larger bases that's a really good point too i didn't even think of that one i was just mostly thinking of the stolen base uh aspect of this and also the uh the company line here is this changes to give players more room to operate and to avoid collisions so this one is being done for the health and safety of the players so they say in reality it's being done to get people on base more flat out to encourage more steals to mm-hmm. bring the game back to that small ball era yep exactly which whatever i'm fine with the players were fine with everyone was fine with this change uh but it is a curious change in my opinion because those extra never have i heard man those three inches are going to be great <laughs> That's funny, but man, these four and a half inches, as it were, do matter a lot. This change will create, uh, to quote MLB.com here, this change will create a four and a half inch reduction in the distance between first and second and between second and third, which, of course, encourages more stolen base attempts. Tony Kornheiser made this point on the PTI show. A lot of tags right now. Are, are are made by the hair of the chinny chin chin like you very rarely see a uh, catcher throw to second guy go to tag the stealer out and he's out by a mile you know what i mean it's very very often uh, just a bang bang mm-hmm. super close call so there's going to be so many more steals just on those on those 50 50 plays now it's a clear steal for the stealer next year yeah i think next year we're going to be seeing a lot more base runners, a lot more stealing, a lot more opportunistic plays. But I think the catchers and mainly the the the, the, the position players catching the throw from the catchers are just going to have to adjust. And I think they'll make the, the right adjustments in order to do the bang, bang out. I think so. Like, yeah, it's not going to be a revolution. We're not going to see Ricky Henderson stealing 100 bags a season immediately. But I bet you... There's a guy on Texas whose name's Bubba Thompson. He's like a stolen base wizard. There's a couple guys, Vidal Bruan on Tampa, CJ Abrams, even who was traded uh, from San Diego to Washington in the Juan Soto deal. That guy swiped a lot of bag in the uh, minors. There's there could be a stolen base boom, if not a complete and total revolution and like guys stealing like 100, 200 bags like they used to. Yep, exactly. That's exactly it. So that is, those are the rule changes coming next year. I, for one, accept them, but I just wish that 
the we just got the fundamentals, man. Like I say, I know I sound like a like an angry old man yelling at clouds, but the shifting one bothers me just because. Like, come on, guys, learn how to hit. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But yeah, so because people could not learn how to hit, they had to legislate in rules to save the single. And now people will relearn how to hit in a different way. Yep. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> it'll help. In the long term, it'll help. Yep. All right. So that is baseball. What else do we got on the docket? Uh, I think for for sports, and that's pretty good, unless you have anything to say about the, the Italian Grand Prix or whatever the last F1 thing was. Oh, the Italian Grand Prix, man. Like, So I believe my one comment is this. I believe that you know it, it must have brought PTSD to Lewis Hamilton watching Max win with a safety car, uh, you know, especially considering how last year ended, number one. Number two, I think the past three years... The person who won the previous year DNF'd, did not finish the race the following year. Interesting. So Daniel Riccardi fell victim to that, won the race in 2021, DNF'd 2022. Huh. So there's some some weird juju around this Italian GP. Yeah. Jua, Jua. That's what they call it. Because <laughs> it's the Italian <laughs> I- Grand Prix. You know, I so. love it. I love it. Right. So just looking at the schedule, the also, next race was... I think the listeners need to know. I'm in parts unknown. Can't disclose exactly where I am. Uh, though if you follow me on social media, you'll know. Um, it is only 5.16 in the morning here right now. Yeah, that's insane. You're. Uh, I really appreciate you waking up early to do this thing, homie, from the West Coast. Uh, I was going to say, so looking at the schedule, I guess the next race was supposed to be the Russian Grand Prix, but that's obviously That's people. not happening. So, no, sir. So the next race after that appears to be the Singapore Grand Prix, 8 a.m. Sunday, October 2nd. Yep. That's exactly where we're at next. So that's that's a thing. That's awesome. going to be fun. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, I think that does it for Sports Chat. We'll be back uh, talking some NFL Week 2 next week. Uh, it's, it's a fun slate. The Thursday nighter is awesome. Chargers versus chiefs. That could very well be your AFC title game. Dolphins play the Ravens. That should be a loss for us. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be another fun week next week. Yep. Agreed. All right. So let's move on to some rats. And like we said, we don't have too much rats to talk about. We're not going to talk about the punk stuff. Uh, you can listen to a excellent double segment with Meltzer on the flagship SNME show. Uh, Mike did a great job kind of really breaking things down and talking about, you know, Tony Khan needing to boss the hell up. Anyways, so that's that. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Before we talk about Impact, let's talk some New Japan Pro Wrestling real quick. Did you catch the shows last week? No, actually, I didn't. Please let me know what happened. I do have a little note here I want to touch on on NJPW, but yeah, what's what's been going on in the world of New so- Japan? Nothing of note in terms of storylines. Um, you know, you are seeing Okada kind of and, and, and Jeff Cobb kind of going back at it. Uh, but I think the biggest takeaway for me was the fact that at Curricken Hall last Monday, the crowd was able to cheer again. Oh, shit. That's awesome. That is so good to hear. Very, very excited. I can't wait to watch a New Japan show now. That's like, I because... I, 
it's funny. My uh, we were on pro wrestling tees, me and my roommate looking for t uh, t shirts to you know just because there was a deal on recently, and he liked. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi shirt, the time bomb, pretty yeah. dope shirt. So he bought it and then he wanted to watch some Hiromu matches. So I, I loaded up New Japan World, showed him uh, the match where Hiromu wins the, I forget what year it is, but where he beats Ishimori to win the uh, best of the Super Juniors not too long ago, maybe yeah. 2018 or 19. It's 18, 19, it, I think. Yeah, incredible match. But man, the crowd, you just like watching an old classic New Japan match with that crowd just makes you miss it. So, so much. So I can't wait for some new New Japan matches. Yep, exactly. So, uh, go out of your way to watch those shows. Actually, I believe the Monday show is free on New Japan World uh, for everyone to watch. Awesome. That's definitely dope. Yeah, highly recommend checking that out. And I recommend getting a New Japan World thing or uh, leeching off Boris's if you'll let you, like I do. <laughs> exactly. That's what we do here on BAM. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah, big news. FTR to defend the New Japan, the IWGP tag team titles. So this is going to be defended on the New Japan Royal Quest 2 show, which is the, uh, the the show from England, the Crystal Palace Indoor Arena. So it's a two-night show, October 1st and 2nd. This is on October 1st. FTR versus Aussie Open for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Titles. That is a perfect segue to Impact because Aussie Open actually opened up the show. But before we get to Impact... I'm really looking forward to that match. Um, I think that match is going to be excellent. That is main event quality match. And I can't wait to see what FTR does. And I, that crowd is just going to be just going absolutely ape shit. Agree. Cannot wait. Crowd's going to be fantastic. I predict a title change. We're getting new IWGP yeah. heavyweight tag team champions. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's the case. Uh, I don't. Never really saw FTR holding them long term, but yeah, I think they're gonna drop them right away. That's the perfect team to lose them to. Sets up future matches with whoever FTR, maybe Wardlow even, and Osprey and the boys, the United Empire. I think it's just yeah, a perfect time to do it. Perfect opponents, perfect place. Gotta happen. Exactly, exactly. Because who knows if we're ever gonna get Omega Osprey at this point. Oh, I think so. I think that's still for sure happening in New Japan. I think that it, no matter what happens with Omega, and I think I, I truly in my heart think that Omega will wrestle CM Punk for AEW in 2023. I, I think this will all blow over. But so. even if it doesn't, I, I, I truly believe it will. We'll debate that one day. That'll be fun. But even yeah. if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, Kenny Omega is going to wrestle Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom this year, January 4th. Book it, yep. write it down, send it to him. All right, all right. Let's move on to Impact. Some quick Impact results. Show opened up with Ozzy Open, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis versus Bullet Club's Ace Austin, Chris Bay. This was a pretty good, fast-paced match. Um, you know, Ozzy Open cut was cut off from each other. Uh, Bullet Club did Bullet Club things. Bay went for a frog splash, only got a two count. Uh, Davis broke up the count there. Ozzy Open took over the match. They sit up and executed. Uh, uh, Coriolis on Bay, and that was all she wrote as Ozzy Open won the opener. Pretty fun match. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen Ozzy Open, 
find some YouTube clips of them. They're so good. Check this match out, maybe. Uh, Aussie Open, absolutely incredible. Have a couple matches that will be on the list, the top matches of the year, bam list, the top 122 of 2022. Yep. All right. Mickey James uh, kind of squashed uh, Rachel Rose. That was that. Scott DeMore was with Mia Yim. Kenny King kind of plowed his way through, told Yim to leave. King asked DeMore what he's missing. Why isn't he getting all the opportunities? Why isn't he higher in the crowd? DeMore then said, well, you want to be higher in the crowd? King, you know, if you're so impatient to compete, you're going to face Yuya Uemura up next. Yuya Uemura, if you don't know, he is a young lion uh, doing his time in the States. Yeah, he's really good, too. Uh, Yuya Uemura, definitely one of those young lions who you can see being a, a legitimate part of New Japan going forward. It wasn't like Master Watto, you know, where you kind of were like, I don't know about this guy. But uh, I, I actually think Uemura has quite a good future in New Japan. Agreed. All right, Gia Miller is backstage with Steve Macklin. Miller asked Macklin about his deal with Moose. Uh, he kind of played it off. Uh, Miller said that if they aren't working together, then why are they teaming next week? Macklin gets upset, just walks away. Um, my ears are bursting like a mofo right now. Can't hear out of my left ear or my right ear whatsoever right now. Damn you, air pressure. All right, uh, Yuya Uemura versus Kenny King. Really fast-paced match. Really fun. Uh, Uemura ends up winning um, with a flying crossbody. This match, in my opinion, was match of the night. Damn, top rope crossbody like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yep, good, good exactly shout. Like it. All right, Chelsea Green with Diana Peraza versus Taya Valkyrie. Uh, Green essentially eventually hits the unpretty her for the win. Uh, this match was cool. This match was Taya Valkyrie, the former Frankie Monet. I still love how we call her that sometimes. Um, Taya Valkyrie was just overpowering Chelsea Green, but obviously they're really trying to put an emphasis on the tag team champs so chelsea green comes out the winner here nice i definitely love some some what is it vxt vxt correcto nice nice all right gia miller is with jordan grace uh grace had a choice had choice words first meet masha slamovich then a message kind of pops up mash is going to kill you on a locker room wall oh that is violent yeah, but right? uh, all right. <laughs> Some would say violent by design. <laughs> by God, by God. All right, what an Brian Myers versus Bubender Gujar. This was a thing. Myers wins. Gujar still takes the belt, and he doesn't want to give it back. Uh, this was a DQ finish. Sure, whatever. Um, Eddie Edwards versus Heath. <sighs> Man, I just <laughs> don't have time for this. Is like what this is like classic Impact stuff. Uh, Heath was really full. Kevin Bennett walks out. Um, he's Heath is focused on him. Edwards hits a low blow and then a Boston knee party for the win. Uh, after the match, <laughs> Edwards called out Josh Alexander. He wants an answer because remember a few weeks ago, he's like, join me. You know, we'll be better together than, you know, facing each other. Alexander comes out. Uh, he stood opposite of Edwards. Honor no more than attacked Josh Alexander, essentially. Heath and Rich Swan. what a random combo to come out to help. Even the odds, but uh, Honor No More take advantage. Edwards hits Alexander with a Boston knee party. I love that name so much. Um, and then up. holds Alexander's title to end the show. I was going to say, can we take a second to appreciate how 
unbelievable that name is for a finisher the boston knee party <laughs> top-notch work by you eddie edwards <laughs> all right absolutely great so again Tons of build-up here to Bound for Glory, uh, but they do have a show in a couple weeks, one of those Impact Plus shows, um, and I'm interested to kind of see what the card's going to look like for that. Uh, so, yeah, Impact, I would say average show this week. There, It sounds about average, although uh, I just loaded up some notes for this show, was going through them while you were doing that thing you just did. Here's something. For next week, we have Mike Bailey, the Speedball versus Mascara Dorada. Yes. Former Grand Metalik. Yep. That match is going to be dope. That's yep. going to be awesome. I'm going to definitely, I'm going to go out of my way to see that one. Yeah, that's going to be really good, I think. I think that's going to be a great match. No doubt. Yeah, Speedball's been killing it all year. He's definitely one of those most underrated wrestlers in the in the biz today. Yep. He's kind of like the new Josh Alexander in that sense, right? Yeah, in some ways. Yeah, Josh Alexander also still underrated just because of where those two guys ply their trade. Like, not enough people watch Impact, so. Exactly. They haven't been able to make an impact in the larger wrestling scene. By God. By God, Boris kick flips a shark. And, you know, the more these jokes go on, the more I know I need a nap. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah, you got to go to sleep. I got to go to work. It's a solid little show, little sports chat. We'll be back doing it again, talking NFL Week 2. We have some gimmicks. Uh, we're going to have Paul York on the show soon. We're going to do a little 1997 draft. We're going to explain the rules of the uh, of the wrestling draft and try that concept out. I think we're going to have Pat Sully back on to talk some impact sooner than later. Lots of fun stuff happening. Uh, exactly. Keep it locked here on BAM. And, exactly. and check out keep the main show because Mike is Mike is killing it. Sorry. Please continue. No, no, Mike is killing it for sure. Check out the main show. Like I said, this week's episode was great just because he gives you a real good breakdown of all things punk and AEW and someone needing to step up, <coughs> cough, Tony Khan. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.